Welcome to the Running After 40 podcast, the podcast about all things related to running at 40 and beyond, produced by www.runningwithgrit.com. We help you stay physically healthy and emotionally strong at any running pace. I'm Sarah, your host, and a wife, a full-time working mom with three kids, three dogs, and a lifetime passion for running. Whether you are a veteran runner looking to maximize your times as a master runner or a brand new jogger starting in your 40s, 50s, or any age, this podcast will be there for your journey. I want to share stories, secrets, and strategies for success. This includes mistakes and lessons learned, all related to running past age 40. Let's hit the play button together and hit the roads as runners with grit after age 40. Hey guys, welcome to episode 35 of the Running After Age 40 podcast. Today I am going to share the seven secrets to sleep for runners. Uh, so this is actually not something that I'm currently excelling at. So I've been putting in some research into how to get better sleep. Uh, it's I feel like I'm kind of a uh, chasing down the coffee and... Uh, staying up too late and not getting up early enough. Uh, and a lot of the things that I'm going to share, you're going to be like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And yeah, I know. Uh, but I think that it's there's just never too many reminders. Uh, and so I'm going to go through step by step, just some things that we can all do to get better sleep. Because uh, I think we know one third of our life is spent sleeping. I mean, that's crazy. It's like a third of our life. And I just had a birthday. So like that means that I've spent like 15 years of my life sleeping. Crazy. So uh, there are some simple but yet annoying because they're the things we don't want to do fixes for sleep. And I think, you know, just to set us off, sleep is super fundamental for our health. Like poor sleep is correlated with uh, dying of preventable disease, uh, definitely more uh, risk of being overweight. I think we all know like when you're overtired, you tend to eat and you don't eat the apples and the uh, salads that you're supposed to eat. You just kind of grab what's in front of you. Uh, You're four times more apt to catch a cold if you get less than six hours of sleep a night. That's crazy. And I've found that definitely like if I go on trips and I skimp on sleep, I come back and I almost always catch a cold. Uh, So sleep truly influences everything. So I'm just going to remind you, like, this isn't going to be the most fun podcast. <laughs> so uh, let's start with just how to quit the snooze button. Snooze button, And this is definitely a problem I have. Uh, I usually set the alarm on my phone or on Alexa, and then I'm like, I change it. So the, the one thing that I read that really resonated with me is that you need to be honest with yourself about the time you are getting up. And so if you say you're going to get up at 5.30, like, are you really? And ask yourself that the night before and then set your alarm for the actual time you plan to get up. So if you know you're actually probably going to hit snooze and get up at 545, set the alarm for that instead because that snooze button is actually hurting you more than it's helping you. Uh, that's not good quality sleep that you're getting in that last little bit of time. So if you can really be honest, count back the amount of time that you're going to need to sleep and then set your alarm for the right time. 
another trick is not don't rely on willpower. So put your phone on the other side of the your room so you actually have to get up or use an old-fashioned alarm where you actually have to get up and uh, shut it off. I got my son one. Oh, geez, I wish I could know what it was called. I have to ask him. But it literally, you can just get on Amazon, but it literally is so loud and it also vibrates the bed because uh, he's a super deep sleeper. Uh, so that that's a little trick. Uh, another trick that I read was, I'm, I think I'm going to try this, is to put the coffee maker, like a small Keurig in your room, because I love the scent of coffee. And like in hotels, that gets me up. Uh, and so I think I'm going to try that in my room. Okay. Uh, and then let's go. Those were just some quick tips on like how to avoid the snooze button. Uh, but getting on to like how to really improve your sleep. Uh, number one, no caffeine after 2 p.m. So I'll tell you, I had a cup of coffee at like 4.30 today, uh, but the t- data shows that, that you should really cut out caffeine eight hours before your sleep because caffeine has a half-life of seven to eight seven to eight hours. So really that 11 to 12 a.m. is the sweet spot. So, you know, really try to have your coffee and then after that, switch to water. So I think we know this you know, as runners that caffeine dehydrates us. Um, I do like to start my day with a cup of coffee before I like go out for my run, but we really shouldn't. So uh, you lose an, a whole liter of water while you're sleeping. So what you want to do first when you wake up is start with water and then about 90 minutes later, then have your first cup of coffee. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, weaning off slowly, you know, if you're like, you know, over three cups a day, like don't try to reduce it dramatically. Just try to like slowly get off of it. So even if you have like a cup of water and then a half cup of coffee in the morning, that's what I'm going to try to do versus go, go cold turkey. Okay. Number two, you know, is probably what you're listening to this on some device, right? So we are getting so much blue light exposure uh, from our devices, really trying to cut that out two hours before bed. So I'm telling you like, the data, again, the scientific data shows this will make a dramatic difference on your sleep. Blue light reduces your melatonin. Uh, and so when we wake up, you know, our melatonin is low. It rises through the day and it makes us sleepy at night. But what happens is we delay that melatonin uh, rise because of blue light. So you know, what can you do? Well, number one, you can just shut off your laptop or your phone, you know, two hours before bed. If you're like me and you like to work at night, uh, you know, you might want to switch and try the blue light glasses. We just got ours off of Amazon. Uh, so I would recommend that. Give that a try. Uh, and, you know, there's also different apps that you can do. Uh, I think one's like called like Twilight Classic and you can put that on your phone uh, or, you know, just shut off the TV too. That's another source of blue light. Okay, I'm going to stick with the light for a second, but number three is like the room light. So if you sleep with any daylight, like any light, even if you think it's just a little bit of light or like the TV on or something, you know, science shows that dark is totally the best. Even putting an eye mask on, like I sometimes tried that at hotels, that's not as good because the receptors can still detect light. So you really want to get like those room blackening or room darkening shades. My husband really likes those. And I think uh, that's something that I did. I didn't realize how important it was until I was researching this, but um, having a black Blocking out all the room light makes a huge difference in the quality of sleep that you'll have. 
Uh, number four is the temperature. So keeping the temperature as low as possible is ideal for sleep. So you want your internal temperature to be as low as possible. Uh, so 68 degrees is what uh, is recommended or cooler. Um, your head is exposed. So it's not like you're going to like, you know, overheat if you put blankets on or whatever, but t- keeping the temperature at 68 is ideal for sleep. Uh, number five goes into, you know, what we're eating. Uh, it's recommended that you don't eat four to five hours before bed. This is another one that I completely uh, am, <laughs> am not following because I, a lot of times I pick my kids up and then I eat a late dinner. Uh, so what, what the data shows is you don't want your stomach digesting the blood sugar and then the cortisol spiking can wake you up at night too if you eat late, uh, especially if you eat something high in carbs. So you might fall asleep quickly, but you won't stay asleep. And then the other thing is your body temperature rises after you eat. And ideally, you want your body temperature low to stay asleep. So we're back to that sweet spot for temperature. So I, you know, it's not practical for me to say I'm not going to eat four to five hours before bed. Um, but I think I could do a little bit better than I'm doing now. Uh, and then I did want to add a couple foods that are actually supposed to be helpful with regards to, um, to sleep. And those are almonds. Uh, and any kind of nut really, uh, they do help balance the melatonin, uh, kiwi, salmon, fatty fish, uh, tart cherry juice. And then just like you would know, you know, based on Thanksgiving, like that story about eating the turkey and then the serotonin makes you sleepy, uh, turkey can also help you sleep. Uh, there's a lot of research right now. Sometime I want to do a podcast just into the gut biome. Uh, and, you know, it does affect our sleep as well. They even say that like, we, you know, we all have things living in us, right? And a lot of the stuff becomes active at night. So I think that's pretty fascinating too. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably either run, want to run, or exercise in some shape or form. Uh, so it's recommended not to have intensive exercise four hours before bed uh, because your heart rate and your hormones all and your core body temperature go up. Now, light exercise and yoga, walking, those are all great. Anything that's kind of like more relaxing, stretching, that's all perfect. But if you're an evening runner, like running right, you know, and then taking a shower and getting to bed, like you're just not going to get the quality of sleep that you would have had otherwise. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, so exposing your light or your sun to sun right when you wake up gets your circadian rhythms in sync. So when you wake up, your cortisol is at the highest. So if you can get yourself like on a natural circadian rhythm, then you actually won't need an alarm clock and you can set an clock in your brain. So if you don't have a lot of light, you can buy a wake up light. It's a really bright white light on Amazon. Uh, I haven't tried it, but I want to because uh, I think that would help me. I, I struggle in the winter here when it's so dark and dreary or like we get a lot of kind of rain in the spring. So anyway, it's a wake up light. Uh, what about sleeping medications? So uh, if you know me, you know I'm a pharmacist. And I'm going to tell you right now that like you need to get yourself weaned off the sleep medicines. Um, and you can take vitamin D in the morning with a little bit of fat and that will absorb well and that will help. Uh, as far as melatonin goes, uh, you don't want to take too much. It's a really good thing to take for jet lag, especially when you're going over two time zones, but you literally only need a small amount, like 0.2 to 2 milligrams of a sublingual tablet, and it will really help. Uh, instead of using, and if you're on the sleep medicines, like don't just try to stop them cold turkey. You need to wean them off, um, but you could switch to something like green tea to relax at night. 
uh, other good ways to relax at night. And I mean, if we all did all these things, our life, it would be like so fascinating, right? But um, meditation, you know, the Calm app is something I've used that I really like. Uh, journaling. So journaling is, you know, a habit, another habit to get into. And I know it seems time consuming, but if you really empty your brain and your mind before you sleep, they say that the brain stops processing. Uh, I, I have had a problem before where I wake up in the night and I'm like, oh, I got to remember this or this or this. So keeping a notebook by the bed, um, it really does help me. Uh, as far as what to read before bed, you know, read something you've read before or read something that's not like scary or overly stimulating and just have like a relaxing ritual and that will help you uh, get to sleep as well. So that's basically, in a nutshell, the not fun but useful ways and secrets to butter sleep. Uh, So again, nothing earth-shattering here from what I researched, but I do think it's a good reminder to all of us. And if we can stick to some consistency and good and good uh, sleep habits, we'll not be we'll be better runners, we'll be healthier, and we'll be just happier too. So uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, Feel free to leave me a review, uh, suggest different topics. I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Running After Age 40 podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate and give us a like in iTunes. Also check out our website, www.runningwithgrit.com for all things related to running over the age of 40. We have a special gift guide up for the holidays on the site designed to share stocking stuffer ideas and gifts for runners at pretty much every price. Thanks for listening.